Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score. And this is the final show for 2023 and the final show for this year's fantasy season. And it's been a wild year, right? I mean, nothing proves that more than last night's game. We had Joe Flacco just light up a very good Jets defense and he did it on a short week and he did it without his top receiver, Amari Cooper. So lots of surprising outcomes, a ton of upsets this season and we're not done. So today we're going to go over all those injuries that you need to know about heading into the fantasy championship and what it could mean for your lineup. And then I'm going to have my updated rankings out on Saturday before that game at night between the Lions and the Cowboys. And then Sunday morning, it'll be the usual stuff. I'll do multiple updates to the rankings. We'll do the Twitter takeover from the score account on Sunday morning, and we'll follow that up with the last update with the inactives when they come out Sunday right before kickoff. And after that, I will go to sleep for like a week or two. I haven't had a day off since the summer. And so week 18, I don't put out rankings. If you're new to following my content this year, I don't do rankings week 18. I don't do any content. And if you're in a league where you're playing still in week 18, I would change that next season because it's not a great week for fantasy. But regardless, after today, we don't have any more shows for at least a week or two. And then I'll be back in January with a ton of content, early 2024 redraft rankings. We'll have updated dynasty trade value charts of early looks at the upcoming free agent class and the rookie class. And we'll keep an eye on the NFL playoffs as well while we go along there. But we got to get through this weekend first. So let's stay focused and let's go over the injuries. And we'll start with quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence. So he's dealing with that right shoulder injury. He didn't practice and he was ruled out and it's not the best matchup here. So CJ Beathard, he's just a low end QB two, and guys like Calvin Ridley and Evan Ingram, they take a bit of a hit, of course, with the quarterback downgrade. I would also expect a really run heavy game plan from the Jags because the Panthers, they're just giving it up to running backs. They allow the fourth most fantasy points to the position this year, and they just let Aaron Jones run all over them to the tune of 127 rushing yards. So it was a great bounce back game for Aaron Jones. Could be a really nice bounce back spot for Travis Etienne here. I'm going to try to go through some of these quick since it's the last week and we got a lot of players to talk about. And if you made it to the finals, I mean, you're probably on top of this stuff already. But Brock Purdy, so he's practicing in full despite being banged up last week. He's good to go as a high-end QB1. And the commander's defense, they were already bad. Now they're missing two corners in this game. So just expect an all-out onslaught from the Niners this weekend. CJ Stroud, he cleared concussion protocol. He's going to be back this week. And don't forget, he was the QB5 in fantasy points per game before he got hurt. So just so valuable to that Texans offense. And Houston, four and a half point favorites in this game. I like Stroud as a mid-range QB1 this week, and we'll talk about his wideouts when we get to the receivers because there's a couple injuries just to mention there, but you're probably leaning towards playing all the top pass catchers on the Texans now that Stroud is back. Kyler Murray, so he missed a couple practices with an illness. He returned on Friday. He should be good to go. They listed him as questionable, but normally when these guys are sick, they're able to come back and play. He's a fringe low-end QB1 this week. Tua Tagovailoa, he's been limited in practice with a left thumb and quad injuries, and there's really no concerns about his availability. The bigger issues are going to be his decline in production lately, the injuries to all the guys around him, the matchup with the Ravens, that could be a problem. I mean, if you look at some of this stuff, since Miami's bye, Tua's weekly fantasy finishes, QB 12, QB 27, QB 9, and then QB 22, QB 22, 
and QB 21 the last three weeks. And now you have Jalen Waddle ruled out. So spoiler on that one. We're going to talk about him when we get to the receivers. Plus you have Tyree Kill. You have Devon Achan. You have all five starting offensive linemen. All those guys are dealing with injuries. They're probably going to play through them, but they're going to be at less than 100%. And the Ravens, they're giving up the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. They're giving up the ninth fewest passing yards and the fewest passing touchdowns this year. So I have a hard time trusting Tua this week. Digging deeper at quarterback. So Will Levis, he's back from his ankle injury. I'm not sure if that's a good thing for the Titans offense or not. Either way, I'm not venturing to play him in fantasy outside of, you know, two quarterback or super flex leagues. Jacoby Brissett. So he popped up with a hamstring injury that he reported himself on Thursday, and he's been getting treatment for it ever since. So now he's listed as questionable this weekend. We might actually see Sam Howell start if Brissett can't go. And that's after they named Brissett as the starter earlier in the week. So a little awkward there in Washington. But if Howell goes, we'll have to downgrade all the passing options again. Brissett was like this ray of hope for guys like Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Howell, he's really been struggling, and I would expect that those struggles are going to continue against the Niners pass rush. Taylor Heineke, so he was limited early in the week with an ankle issue. He's off the injury report and playing this week. Sadly, we can't say the same for Kenny Pickett. He is still limited with his ankle injury. They listed him as questionable, but he is not going to start. They've already announced that Mason Rudolph is going to get another start here after he really breathed some life into that passing attack last week. So it makes sense that they're going to play him again. We'll see if he can keep that up on the road in Seattle. I have him way down as a low-end streamer option for fantasy this week. Definitely possible, I think, that he comes back to earth in this one. On to running back. So Kenneth Walker, he's been DNP, DNP through the first two days of practice due to that ongoing shoulder injury, and he's also dealing with an illness. And Pete Carroll actually called him a game-time decision, and he's been doing this each week where we see Walker not practice much, and then he's able to play. So I was kind of surprised when Pete Carroll referred to him as a game-time decision. I would expect that he's going to be out there and leading the way for the Seahawks. If he is He'll be a low-end RB1 or at worst a high-end RB2, but if he can't go, Zach Charbonnet becomes a very interesting RB2 with RB1 upside. You can almost just plug and play Charbonnet into that spot if he's getting all the volume. Ezekiel Elliott, he's another one of these guys who's dealing with an illness. There's going to be a lot of them today. Uh, That caused him to miss Thursday's practice, but he's off the injury report heading into the weekend, so he'll be active, and based on the volume that he's been getting lately, you can start him as a high-end RB2. Raheem Mostert, Devon Achan. So Mostert dealing with ankle and knee issues. Achan has the toe injury that he's been playing through. These guys, they've been missing practices or they've been limited at times, but they're both expected to play through it. Mike McDaniel said as much. So I'm bumping them down just a little bit because I think with the injuries, we'll probably see a little bit more of Jeff Wilson. We'll see him mix in just because those other guys aren't 100%. And because too, the matchup with the Ravens, it's not a good one for this running game, even though we know how strong the Dolphins rushing attack can be. But Mostert remains an RB2 for fantasy. Achan, an RB3, and Wilson, just a desperation flex. You're not using him unless we get a report that one of these guys can't play or that they're going to be severely limited. Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. So I guess we're into the injured teammate section. We're going to talk about two guys from each team as we go here. So Pacheco, he's got the shoulder injury and he was in concussion protocol. He missed the first two days of practice, got back out there today. That gives him a chance to be cleared. And Andy Reid kind of seemed hopeful that that would happen before Sunday. 
today. And then we also have Edward Solaire who missed the last two days of practice with an illness. So he should be able to play. Like I always say, most of these guys who are sick during the week, they take a couple days and then boom, they're back for the Sunday game. But both guys are listed as questionable. Obviously, if Pacheco's cleared, that's going to rain on our CH parade. So in that case, Pacheco would be a low-end RB1. CH would be a flex. But if Pacheco doesn't clear and if CH is healthy, then CH becomes that RB2. And if somehow neither guy can go, this is probably going to be a backfield that I'm going to stay away from. But LaMichael Pirine would be the next man up with Daenerik Prince and Keontae Ingram backing him up. Yes, Keontae Ingram is on the Chiefs now. More teammates here. So Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. Fortunately, this one's more straightforward. Both guys were limited all week. Jones has the knee and the finger. Dylan coming back from that broken thumb, neither got an injury designation. So they're going to play Jones as a low end RB2 for fantasy, Dylan as a risky flex. Alvin Kamara and Kendra Miller. So Kamara was a late addition. He popped up today with an illness, a lot of that going around. And we think that he'll be able to go by Sunday, of course, like we're talking about with all these other guys, but we're going to have to monitor just to make sure. As for Miller, he was limited all week. He's trying to come back from this ankle injury. Apparently, he suffered a setback on Friday, though, because Dennis Allen suggested that he's trending in the wrong direction now, so probably won't see Miller this week, and Kamara should go, but if he doesn't, then Jamal Williams would be an RB3 option for fantasy. Joe Mixon, so he was added to the injury report with an ankle injury today, and it said he was limited in practice, but he didn't get an injury designation, so no worries about him playing. We'll just see if maybe that leads to a few more touches for Chase Brown in that Cincy backfield. Josh Jacobs, he logged three straight DNPs. Antonio Pierce initially called him a game-time decision, then they listed him as doubtful, so he's almost surely going to sit out again with that knee injury. Guys who are listed as doubtful are almost always out, and that means Zamir White is going to be a top 20 back in my rankings again, so he's a guy that I would be trying to get into my lineup this week. The matchup with the Colts is very good, and White has looked the part the last two games here. Chuba Hubbard, he was limited in a couple practices due to a hamstring injury, got back to full on Friday. He's off the injury report. So Chubbard, he's in the low end RB2, high end RB3 conversation. Hard to argue with the volume that he's getting. And, you know, CJ Beathard starting on the other side, that means maybe the Panthers are going to have more of a chance to keep this game close. So Hubbard is someone that you could definitely play this week. Najee Harris, he's doing the DNP limited full ramp up. He's got a knee injury, but he's going to be fine. He's going to play and he'll be splitting with Jalen Warren like usual. So Najee and RB3 for fantasy. Brian Robinson, Chris Rodriguez. So Rodriguez was placed on IR this week with an ankle injury. He's done. Robinson, though, he got back to limited practices. He's trying to return from that hamstring issue that's kept him out the last few weeks. Looks like he's ready to do so. Robinson not given an injury designation, so he's going to make his return to my rankings in the next update. I would just temper your expectations. He's coming off an injury. He's going against the 49ers. It's a good chance that San Francisco gets out to a lead. That could neutralize Robinson a little bit for fantasy, so he's more of an RB3 this week. Antonio Gibson, he drops down into the flex range. Speaking of the 49ers, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason. Mitchell back to full practices this week. He's been out with a knee injury for a little bit. Mason missing practices with an illness, so we might see Mitchell take back that number two role behind Christian McCaffrey, and if the Niners can get out to a big lead, maybe we'll see some added touches for Mitchell. There's really no reason to max out CMC in a lopsided win if it goes that way, so Mitchell, a very risky flex, but he could have some value this week. 
Some other backup running back situations. Rico Dowdle, he's been ruled out for the Cowboys with an ankle injury. Some added volume potentially for Tony Pollard there. I'd also expect that Malik Davis will be promoted from the practice squad. He normally fills that number two role if Dowdle can't go. Zach Moss, he's been ruled out again for the Colts. So Jonathan Taylor, he's going to get a big workload as usual. And then we'll see Tyler Goodson and Trey Sermon backing him up. And then the Bills backup running backs. This one might be tough to decipher because Ty Johnson, he's going to be available after he missed last week with the shoulder injury. So that's going to add another wrinkle here. Means Leonard Fournette might not play. He wasn't playing before when Ty Johnson was healthy. We really don't know yet. So James Cook, he's an RB1 for fantasy. You're not really messing around with Fournette or Johnson or Latavius Murray. And we'll keep going. We'll hit on receivers next year. So Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Good news, bad news with these two. Waddle, he's been ruled out with his eye ankle sprain. I mentioned that earlier. Tyreek Hill, he's going to continue to play through his. And he was effective last week. So the matchup's going to get tougher. But I'm not betting against Tyreek Hill. If he's out there, you are starting him for sure. And then Cedric Wilson, he becomes interesting as a deep flex. He had three for 42 last week. Should step into even more targets with Waddle officially out. Debo Samuel, he had some limited practices this week with a neck issue, but he's good to go against that banged up commander secondary. So start all your 49ers this week. Puka Nakua, so he popped up as DNP on Friday with a hip issue, but Sean McVay, he said it was precautionary, said Puka felt a little tightness in the hip, so they held him out. He's expected to play and be fine for Sunday. Obviously, he's an automatic start. Chris Olave, he's still dealing with that ankle issue, but he's playing through it, and he's playing well, and he wasn't given an injury designation, so Olave, a strong start this week versus the Bucks. Michael Pittman, he's listed as questionable, but he's cleared concussion protocol, and he got in two full practices despite having that shoulder injury as well, so all signs pointing towards him coming back and taking over his roles, that top wideout in Indy, and that makes him a high-end wide receiver two, or even potentially a low-end wide receiver one based on all the volume that he commands. Jamar Chase, so he missed last week with the shoulder issue. He was DNP on Wednesday, but he's logged two straight limited practices, and reportedly he was close to full speed on Friday. So he spoke to the media this week. That's normally a good sign that a player's going to suit up. He's questionable, but I'm going to be putting Chase back in the rankings. I'm going to put him in there as a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two. Might not see his entire workload this week, but if he's active, you are playing him. He is one of those guys, and he also has a history of performing pretty well coming off injuries. DK Metcalf, he's got a new back issue that he's dealing with, and that caused him to miss the last two practices this week. He's listed as questionable, but Pete Carroll said that Metcalf is going to play, so there's some risk of re-injury, you know, him leaving early in this game potentially, but Metcalf remains in the wide receiver two mix, and if by chance he is out, then Lockett would move into the wide receiver two range, and JSN would be an upside wide receiver three. Stefan Diggs, he sat out practice on Friday, gave everybody a little bit of a scare, but it was just a veteran rest day, no worries on Diggs' health, some worries about his lack of production lately, I mean, two straight seasons now where he's been pretty quiet down the stretch, I'm not sure what that is all about, either way, he's down in the wide receiver two ranks now, not in the wide receiver one range. Nico Collins, Noah Brown on the Texans. So Collins has the calf, Brown the knee. Houston's just being smart with both these guys. You know, even though they played last week, they go easy on them in practice. They mix in some limiteds. They give them some rest. But the big thing here is that CJ Stroud is back. So Collins goes right back up into the wide receiver one ranks. Brown, an intriguing upside wide receiver three for fantasy. The Broncos receiver. So Cortland Sutton, he remains in concussion protocol. He wasn't able to practice on the short week. He couldn't get cleared. We also have Marvin Mims. 
He showed up with a hamstring injury midweek. He was limited on Thursday, wasn't out there on Friday. So he is trending in the wrong direction despite being listed as questionable. And that would make you think that Jerry Judy was positioned for a lot of volume. But Judy also wasn't out there on Friday because he's dealing with an illness. So hopefully Judy's available because if Mims is out, Judy would have wide receiver three fantasy value. And then you'd have Brandon Johnson being a flex in that offense. But if Judy's also out... Then Johnson becomes the top wide out for Denver this week, and he would be a surprising wide receiver three flex. I don't love the tight ends for the Broncos. You know, it's kind of hard to project anybody from the depth wide outs on that team to have a big game. So we could see a lot of work going to the running backs in this one. It's just not a great scenario all around, especially when you have a new starting quarterback in Jarrett Stidham. But if Judy plays, Stidham would become an interesting low-end QB2 in what should be a pretty good matchup for them. Another receiving core just getting decimated by injuries lately, the Packers. So Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Christian Watson. Reed has the toe and the chest injuries. He practiced limited all week, doesn't have an injury designation. So he's good to go as a fringe low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three in fantasy. Watson, he continued to be DNP with that hamstring He is doubtful. We're not going to see him again this week. And then Wicks also DNP all week long, chest and ankle injuries for him. He's listed as questionable, but it seems like he has to be on the doubtful side of questionable because when they asked Matt LaFleur on Thursday about it, he said that Watson and Wicks, that they would need to practice Friday to have a real chance to play this week. So Reed is a very strong fantasy option. Romeo Dobbs, a wide receiver, three flex, and then Tucker Craft at tight end. He would be the other pass catcher that you would look to. I'm not messing around with Malik Heath or any of the other receivers. And of course, this means Aaron Jones. He should be involved very heavily as usual out of the backfield. On the other side of that Sunday night game, so Jordan Addison, he got in two limited practices to finish the week. He's got a chance to overcome that ankle injury and play. And I didn't see any beat writer speculation about his availability, unfortunately, just that he kind of looked slow on Thursday. That's what one of them said. But if he does go... I'm not really looking to play him as anything other than a flex option, and it would drop K.J. Osborne into the risky flex territory. You also have to factor in that Jaron Hall's taken over, and how much is that going to impact the volume of the passing game? You would expect that it's going to come down a little bit with him under center. Zay Flowers on the Ravens, so he was DNP, DNP limited. The calf injury, that's what's bothering him this week. He's questionable, but the limited on Friday, that at least puts him in position to potentially play. So this is one we're going to have to watch right up until Sunday. If he goes, he'll be a wide receiver three with upside due to the injury. If he sits, Odell Beckham becomes more interesting as a wide receiver three flex. And then tight end Isaiah likely could scoop up some of those targets over the middle. That would make him an even better tight end one. Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer. So they've both been ruled out. Allen with the heel issue, Palmer in concussion protocol. Just what a mess this leaves that Chargers offense. And Austin Eckler should get as much work as he can handle. He's trying to add to his resume before he hits free agency in the offseason. The matchup with the Broncos is very good for him too. So Eckler, not a bad RB2 play. You just got to depend on volume there. Tight end Gerald Everett, he could see double-digit targets in this game. He's in the tight end one ranks now. And then the receivers, they're all risky. Quentin Johnston, he'd probably be the top play, but he is such a risky flex. And then Alex Erickson, uh, Jalen Guyton, they're just dart throws in this offense. It's uh, its a very, very rough one, despite a fairly good matchup for some of these guys, including Everett. Marquise Brown, so he's been placed on IR with the heel 
issue. It just won't go away for them. They finally made the decision to shut them down for the year. So Greg Dorsch, Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore, they're all different variations of flex plays this week. Dorsch would be the best, but even he only had two catches last week. So he's a flex. Wilson, he really hasn't been the same since that injury that cost him to miss some time. But the matchup with the Eagles, it's friendly enough that you could consider him a risky flex. And then Moore is just a dart throw. And really, this is all because Trey McBride is the real number one wideout in that offense, despite being a tight end. Zay Jones, so he was limited all week for the Jags. He's listed as questionable with knee and hamstring issues. We'll see if he can get out there, but with C.J. Beathard playing and with the matchup against the Panthers, Jones just a risky flex. Darno Mooney, he's been ruled out for the Bears. He's still in concussion protocol. No one to really pivot to there. It's just DJ Moore and that receiving core that you want to focus on for fantasy. Wandell Robinson, he was limited, full limited with a quad injury. That's enough to keep him out of your lineups completely. He would just be a dart throw if you did want to use him. Darius Slayton is the only Giants wideout that I'd consider, and that's even just as a flex, and he's still risky. You'd be hoping that he get that big play like he had last week. And then Juju Smith-Schuster, Kadarius Toney, they've been ruled out, but that doesn't change much for fantasy, so we'll just move on to tight ends here. TJ Hawkinson, he's out for the year. You know that. We covered it already earlier in the week, so that makes Josh Oliver a deeper streamer option, and that could swing some more targets to the receivers, and then it just depends if Addison is going to be out there or not for who's going to get what and how it's all going to break down. Cole Komet, so he was DNP, DNP limited with a knee injury. He's questionable for the Bears this week, but Komet said that he's ready to go. His head coach, Matt Eberflus, he seemed pretty positive when he was talking about Komet, so I think there's a good chance that we see him play this week, maybe at less than 100%, but I'm going to rank him in my next update, and for the record, if he can't go, it would be Robert Tunyon, but you can probably do better than that for fantasy, so I would look somewhere else for a streamer. We also have Hunter Henry, who was limited all week with a knee issue. He's questionable. It's always hard to gauge, though, when it's the Patriots injury report, you know, which questionables are real, which aren't. But Henry has a shot to play, it seems. And if he does, he's a tight end two streamer where you need that touchdown for him to pay off. If he can't play, then Mike Gusecki steps into that touchdown or bust role for the Pats. And then further down, Michael Mayer, he's been ruled out for the Raiders. He's dealing with that toe issue, and I wouldn't look to his backup, Austin Hooper. I would just look elsewhere. But that is all for today's show. So hopefully these quick hit injury update episodes that we've been doing this year, hopefully it's been valuable for you. I know it's an important part of what I do each week, so I'm happy to share that information with you. And hopefully it's gotten you this far. Hopefully it gets you to that championship this weekend. So make sure you check out my start, sit, stash, quick column. That's up over at the score of updated rankings out on Saturday afternoon before the Lions Cowboys game kicks off at night. And then the usual update Sunday morning before the main slate. And then the Twitter takeover of the score account that happens at 1030 AM Eastern. You could ask many last minute questions there, but until then, Big thanks for following along all year. Big thanks for supporting my content. Big thanks for using the Score app. Big thanks for following me on Twitter, at Justin Boone. Big thanks for all the questions every week. Big thanks for all the thank yous, all the kind words that you've sent my way. Big thanks for listening to every episode, and we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me.